mutiny at the BBC. Gravest possible concerns over Palestine coverage. The BBC's own reporters are beginning to speak out about the corporation's complicity in Israeli war crimes. This article is reproduced from The Wall Will Fall with Thanks. In Israel's current genocidal war on Gaza, with almost 10,000 Palestinians dead and counting, it is no surprise that truth has also been a casualty. The violence in Palestine, perpetrated by Israel with increasing ferocity since Hamas attacks on Israeli targets on the 7th of October 2023, has been accompanied by an equally fierce war of narratives in Western media. Powered on one side by government mouthpieces and mainstream outlets, and on the other by the transnational networks of social media, amplifying the voices and testimonies of Palestinians on the ground. The British Broadcasting Corporation, the world-leading news organisation, has been in turmoil, as its coverage of events comes under severe criticism from both ends of the political spectrum. Most recently, the BBC has also confronted detailed and outraged criticism from its own members of staff. On the 25th of October 2023, British newspaper The Times published an article entitled BBC Staff Crying at Work Over Israel-Gaza Coverage, which led with accusations levelled at the BBC by its journalists of being too lenient on Israel and dehumanising Palestinian civilians, allegedly leaving staff crying in lavatories and taking time off work. The article, quoted extensively from an email that was sent on the 24th of October by a BBC correspondent based in Beirut, Rami Ruhayam, to BBC Director General Tim Davey, voicing, quote, the gravest possible concerns, end quote, about BBC coverage of unfolding events in Gaza. On the 27th of October, London-based weekly The Jewish Chronicle published excerpts of the same email in an article entitled BBC Correspondent Advocates Using Settler Colonialism to Describe Israel and used it to portray BBC coverage as biased against the Israeli state we have obtained the full text of that email and share it below to clarify all the points it makes. Staff raise serious concerns to BBC DG, dated 24th of October 2023. Subject, urgent, Israel-Palestine coverage. Dear Tim, I am writing to raise the gravest possible concerns about the coverage of the BBC especially on English outlets, of the current fighting between Israel and Palestinian factions. It appears to me that information that is highly significant and relevant is either entirely missing or not being given due prominence in coverage. This includes expert opinion that Israel's actions could amount to genocide, evidence in support of that opinion, an historical context without which the public cannot form a basic understanding of the unfolding events. There are also indications that the BBC is, implicitly at least, treating Israeli lives as more worthy than Palestinian lives and reinforcing Israeli war propaganda. 
What follows is a brief explanation of why I think so. I hope you consider it carefully and urgently. 1. Genocide Even before the current round of fighting, experts have noted that the siege of Gaza may amount to a prelude to genocide, or a slow-motion genocide. Note 1. Key here is the fact that the Genocide Convention of 1948 lists, among the elements of the crime of genocide, the act of deliberately inflicting on the national, ethical, racial or religious group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part. Note 2. Also key is the fact that as early as 2014, UN officials who advise the UN Secretary-General on the prevention of genocide have warned of, quote, the flagrant use of hate speech in the social media, particularly against the Palestinian population, end quote. Note 3. The nature of the Israeli response to the attack by Hamas on the 7th of October has prompted, quote, over 800 scholars and practitioners of international law conflict studies and genocide studies, end quote, to warn of, quote, the possibility of genocide being perpetrated by Israeli forces against Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, end quote, note four. They cited the, quote, incessant and indiscriminate bombardment, end quote, obliterating, quote, huge swathes of neighbourhoods and entire families, end quote, and the order by which the Israeli defence minister of a complete siege of Gaza terminology, which according to the experts, quote, indicates an intensification of an already illegal, potentially genocidal siege to an outright destructive assault, end quote. They also cited the order issued for more than 1.1 million Palestinians in Gaza City and the northern Gaza Strip to flee south. Note 5. This order has also been said by Jan Edgeland, Secretary-General of the Norwegian Refugee Council, to, quote, amount to the war crime of forcible transfer, end quote, if unaccompanied by guarantees of safety or return. Note 6. Furthermore, the scholars noted the statements of incitement by Israeli leaders against Palestinians. Note 7. They wrote of, quote, evidence of incitement to genocide, end quote, and a, quote, wider Israeli discourse showcasing the intent for elimination and genocide against the Palestinian people, end quote. They also noted the, quote, escalation of violence, arrests, expulsions and destruction of the whole Palestinian communities in the occupied West Bank and Jerusalem, end quote. They said, as scholars and practitioners of international law, conflict studies and genocide studies, we are compelled to sound the alarm about the possibility of the crime of genocide being perpetrated by Israeli forces against Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. We do not do so lightly, recognising the weight of this crime, but the gravity of the current situation demands it. I invite you to sift through our coverage, past and present, for any trace of the above, whether in explainers or interviews or features or news analysis. Is it there at all, and if so, 
is it given the prominence it deserves? 2. Selective use of language. Words like massacre, slaughter and atrocities are being used, prominently, in reference to actions by Hamas, but hardly, if at all, in reference to actions by Israel. When the BBC uses such language selectively, with the standard of selection being the identity of the perpetrators slash victims, the BBC is making a statement, albeit implicit. It implies that the lives of one group of people are more valuable than the lives of another. This would be scandalous under any conditions. How much more so in light of the fact that hate speech and incitement against Palestinians have been flooding the airwaves, the internet and social media, coming from the top, Israeli officials and their Western backers, and echoing all over the information ecosystem in the context of what experts believe could be a prelude to genocide? The power of emotive coverage and repetition is well understood. The selective application of emotive repetition is sure to have an impact on audiences, and it is exactly the kind of impact Israeli propagandists are aiming for as they dehumanise Palestinians and set the stage for the mass murder they have pledged and begun to carry out. Does this not raise the question of the possible complicity of the BBC in incitement, dehumanisation and war propaganda? How would the BBC respond to this? 3. Interviewing officials In light of all the above, interviews with Israeli officials and their Western backers, as well as with Israeli propagandists, cannot possibly be friendly affairs, with presenters not only refraining from presenting them with evidence of the above, but also giving them comfortable airtime as they justify it. This is happening all too often, and as far as I know, the expert opinion above and the evidence that backs it have not been presented to Israeli or Western officials on air. The question of finding exceptions, if there are any, is not enough. Rigorous and challenging interviews should not be the exception. They should be the rule. 4. Disinformation Unit the BBC has taken upon itself in recent years the task of fighting fake news, disinformation, hate speech and such things, a trend in the Western media. Where is the content analysing the flood of incitement against Palestinians and tracking its impact? As I mentioned above, as early as 2014, UN officials who advised the UN Secretary-General on the prevention of genocide warned of, quote, the flagrant use of hate speech in the social media, particularly against the Palestinian population. End quote. Note 8. This has escalated over the past years and, increasingly, has come from the top. Just a few months ago, the Israeli finance minister called on the state to erase an entire Palestinian town. Note 9. Since the 7th of October attack by Hamas, there have been many statements by Israeli officials declaring the intent to murder Palestinian civilians en masse or otherwise dehumanising them in preparation for such actions. The Israeli Minister of Defence said, quote, We are fighting human animals and we act accordingly. End quote. A high-ranking officer said, quote, Human animals must be treated as such. 
There will be no electricity and no water. There will only be destruction, end quote. An army spokesperson said, quote, The emphasis is on damage and not on accuracy, end quote. The Israeli president held all Palestinians in Gaza responsible for the actions of Hamas. One MP said the goal should be, quote, Nakba, a Nakba that will overshadow the Nakba of 1948, end quote, note 10. Irrespective of whether or not the BBC has a high-profile unit that has given considerable attention to hate speech and incitement, the above should be prominently reflected in coverage, features, explainers and news analysis. The presence of such a unit, however, and the kind of work it has undertaken over the past few years, implies an additional responsibility to explore what other media are doing to amplify the dehumanisation effect and facilitate the Israeli government's efforts to normalise the mass murder of Palestinians. Such a unit should be delving deep into this and exploring the vicious cycle of incitement and its impact on political reality in Israel, and consequently on the lives of Palestinians. Also notable is the fact that hate speech and incitement have spilled over into the West. One example is US Senator Lindsey Graham's call for Israel to, quote, level the place, end quote. He also said the conflict is a, quote, religious war, end quote. Such rhetoric has sparked fear among Arab and Muslim communities in the USA. It may well have contributed to the stabbing to death of a six-year-old Palestinian-American child in a hate crime in Chicago. Note 11. 5. Historical context. Our current coverage kicked off following the Hamas attack. Doubtless it is major news. But that doesn't mean history started on the 7th of October. We should incorporate into our coverage an accurate, balanced, fair and truthful representation of the reality leading up to that moment. I won't go into detail, but simply remind you of three terms. Apartheid, ethnic cleansing and settler colonialism. These are terms used by many experts and highly respected organisations to which the BBC usually defers. They are used to describe the nature of Israeli rule over Palestinians, as well as the methods used by Israel to oppress generation after generation of Palestinians. They are based on extensive evidence. To what extent is this reflected in our coverage? Without such context, can we claim to have adequately informed the public? Or are we withholding highly relevant and significant information, without which... The basics of the conflict cannot possibly be understood. Just a few days ago, Francesca Albanese, the UN Special Papporteur on the Situation of Human Rights in the Palestinian Territories, occupied since 1967, had this to say, quote, There is a grave danger that what we are witnessing may be a repeat of the 1948 Nakba and the 1967 Naksa, yet on a larger scale. Israel has already carried out the mass ethnic cleansing of Palestinians under the fog of war. Again, in the name of self-defence, Israel is seeking to justify what would amount to ethnic cleansing. End quote. Note 12. Once again, I invite you to sift through our coverage, 
past and present, for any trace of the above, whether in explainers or interviews or features or news analysis. Is it there at all? And if so, is it given the prominence it is due? Six, conclusion. In conclusion, it appears that the BBC is keeping a lot of highly significant and relevant information, including extensive evidence, expert opinion and historical context from the public. Members of the public cannot possibly form an informed opinion or a basic understanding of the unfolding events without access to such information. It also appears the BBC could be reinforcing Israeli propaganda meant to dehumanise the Palestinians. There is a lot more to be said, but these are the broad headlines. This is not about mistakes here and there, or even about systemic bias in favour of Israel. The question now is a question of complicity. It is a matter of public interest to rectify this with the utmost urgency. Best, Rami Ruhayam. This email was copied to many other BBC staff and represents, in its specific criticisms and its direct challenge to the BBC's highest authority, a deepening of the internal rejection of BBC coverage and a reflection of the same among its audiences. If shared widely, it has the potential to increase the pressure on the institution significantly, exposing, as it does, the contradictions between its claims of accuracy and rigour and its differential treatment of Palestinian and Israeli lives and deaths. The question remains how, and indeed whether, the BBC will respond, and if there will be any meaningful investigations or change, both of BBC editorial guidelines on this issue and of its relations with its staff. Notes 1. Israel's Policies in Gaza are Genocidal by Haidar Eid, Monda Weiss, 3rd of August 2018 Genocide in Palestine, Gaza as a Case Study by Mohammed Nijim, International Journal of Human Rights, 21st of April 2022 2. Genocide Information by United Nations Office on Genocide Prevention and the Responsibility to Protect 3. Quote we are equally disturbed by the flagrant use of hate speech in social media, particularly against the Palestinian population, end quote, stated the special advisers. According to reliable reports, individuals have disseminated messages that could be dehumanising to the Palestinians and have called for the killing of members of this group. The special advisers remind all that incitement to commit atrocity crimes is prohibited under international law. See... Statement on the Situation in Israel and in the Palestinian Occupied Territory of Gaza Strip by the Special Advisers on the Prevention of Genocide, July 2014. 4. Public Statement. Scholars warn of potential genocide in Gaza, signed by 880 academics from around the world, 15th of October 2023. 5. Late on the 12th of October, the Israeli authorities issued an order for more than 1.1 million Palestinians in Gaza and the northern Gaza Strip to leave their homes and flee to the south of Gaza within 24 hours, knowing that this would be practically impossible for many.
Palestinians who did start to evacuate south reported that civilians and ambulances were targeted and hit by Israeli airstrikes on the designated safe route, killing at least 70 Palestinians who were fleeing to seek refuge. The ICRC stated that, quote, the evacuation orders, coupled with the complete siege, end quote, are incompatible with international humanitarian law. Almost half a million Palestinians have already been displaced, and Israeli forces have bombed the only possible exit route that Israel does not control, the Rafah crossing to Egypt, multiple times. The World Health Organization published a warning that, quote, forcing more than 2,000 patients to relocate to southern Gaza, where health facilities are already running at maximum capacity, and unable to absorb a dramatic rise in the number of patients could be tantamount to a death sentence. End quote. 6. Jan Edgelin Twitter post, 13th of October 2023. 7. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant declared on the 9th of October that, quote, we are fighting human animals and we act accordingly. End quote. He subsequently announced that Israel was moving to, quote, a full-scale response, end quote, and that he had, quote, removed every restriction, end quote, on Israeli forces, as well as stating, quote, Gaza won't return to what it was before. We will eliminate everything, end quote. On the 10th of October, the head of the Israeli army's coordinator of government activities in the territories, C-O-G-A-T, Maj Jen Gassan Aliyan, addressed a message directly to Gaza residents. Quote, Human animals must be treated as such. There will be no electricity and no water. There will only be destruction. You wanted hell. You will get hell. End quote. The same day, Israeli army spokesperson Daniel Hagari acknowledged the wanton and intentionally destructive nature of Israel's bombing campaign in Gaza. Quote, the emphasis is on damage and not on accuracy. End quote. Israel's president emphasized that the Israeli authorities view the entire Palestinian population of Gaza as responsible for the actions of militant groups and subject accordingly to collective punishment an unrestricted use of force. Quote, it is an entire nation out there that is responsible. It is not true, this rhetoric about civilians not being aware, not involved. It's absolutely not true. End quote. Israeli Minister of Energy and Infrastructure Israel Katz added, quote, All the civilian population in Gaza is ordered to leave immediately. We will win. They will not receive a drop of water or a single battery until they leave the world. End quote. Evidence of incitement to genocide has also been present in Israeli public discourse. This ranges from statements by elected officials, such as Neset member Ariel Kalner's call on the 7th of October for quote, one goal, Nakba, catastrophe for Palestinians. A Nakba that will overshadow the Nakba of 1948, end quote. To public banners displayed in Israeli cities calling for a victory, signified by zero population in Gaza, 
and the annihilation of Gaza. On national television, security correspondent Alon Ben David relayed the Israeli military's plan to destroy Gaza City, Jabalia, Beit Lahia, and Beit Hanun. Such statements are not new and resonate with a wider Israeli discourse showcasing the intent for elimination and genocide against the Palestinian people. Earlier in the year, for example, Israeli Minister of Finance, Bezael Smotrich, called Palestinians repugnant, disgusting, and called for wiping out the entire Palestinian village of Huara in the West Bank. 8. Quote, we are equally disturbed by the flagrant use of hate speech in the social media, particularly against the Palestinian population, end quote, stated the special advisers. According to reliable reports, individuals have disseminated messages that could be dehumanising to the Palestinians and have called for the killing of members of this group. The special advisers remind all that incitement to commit atrocity crimes is prohibited under international law. See... Statement on the Situation in Israel and in the Palestinian-Occupied Territory of Gaza Strip by the Special Advisers on the Prevention of Genocide, July 2014. 9. Tel Aviv. A senior Israeli official on Wednesday called for the state to erase the Palestinian town of Hawara, which was rampaged by Jewish settlers over the weekend. Quote, I think the village of Hawara needs to be erased. I think that the state of Israel needs to do it. God forbid that regular people should do it, end quote. Israel Finance Minister Bezael Smotrich said. His comments came after he liked a tweet that called for Hawara to be wiped out in the wake of a Palestinian gunman's attack that killed two brothers, Hillel Menashem Yaniv, 21, and Yagel Yaakov Yaniv, 19 who lived in the Israeli settlement of Har Bracha, around five miles away. Israel should erase Palestinian village, minister says after settler rampage, by Paul Goldman and Ania J. Khan, NBC News, 1st of March, 2023. 10. Public Statement, Scholars Warn of Potential Genocide in Gaza, signed by 880 academics from around the world, 15th of October, 2023. Israel's recent call for mass evacuation echoes catastrophic 1948 Palestinian exodus by Joseph Krauss, PBS, 13th of October, 2023. Israeli president suggests that civilians in Gaza are legitimate targets by Paul Blumenthal, HuffPost, 13th of October, 2023. Israeli army official admits Gaza bombing campaign is focused on damage and not accuracy by Jake Johnson, Common Dreams, 10th of October, 2023. Kogat chief addresses Gazans. You wanted hell, you will get hell. By Gianluca Pacchiani, The Times of Israel, 10th of October, 2023. Israeli Defence Minister announces siege on Gaza to fight human animals by Sanjana Karanth, HuffPost, 9th of October, 2023. 11. Washington, D.C. Civil rights advocates in the United States have been warning that dehumanizing rhetoric about the Israel-Hamas war could translate into attacks on Palestinian, Arab, 
and Muslim-American communities at home. Those fears appear to have materialised in the ugliest way when a six-year-old Palestinian-American child was stabbed to death in a suspected hate crime near Chicago on Saturday. Another senator, South Carolina's Lindsey Graham, described the conflict as a religious war, one in which he sided with Israel. Quote, Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself, end quote. He said of Israel's attacks on Gaza, quote, Level the place, end quote. Frustration, concern rise among Arab Americans over Israel's war on Gaza by Ali Harb, Al Jazeera, 19th of October, 2023. 12. Quote, there is a grave danger that what we are witnessing may be a repeat of the 1948 Nakba and the 1967 Naksa, yet on a larger scale. The international community must do everything to stop this from happening again, end quote, the UN expert said. She noted that Israeli public officials have openly advocated for another Nakba, the term for the events of 1947 to 1949, when over 750,000 Palestinians were expelled from their homes and lands during the hostilities that led to the establishment of the State of Israel. The Naksa, which led to Israel's occupation of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip in 1967, displaced 350,000 Palestinians. Quote, Israel has already carried out mass ethnic cleansing of Palestinians under the fog of war, end quote, the experts said. Quote, Again, in the name of self-defense, Israel is seeking to justify what would amount to ethnic cleansing. End quote. Any continued military operations by Israel have gone well beyond the limits of international law. Quote, the international community must stop these egregious violations of international law now before tragic history is repeated. Time is of the essence. Palestinians and Israelis both deserve to live in peace, equality of rights, dignity and freedom, end quote, Albanese said. UN expert warns of new instance of mass ethnic cleansing of Palestinians calls for immediate ceasefire. United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights, 14th of October, 2023. Thanks for listening to Proletarian Radio. We aim to bring you the best Marxist analysis on current affairs revolutionary history, and theory. Do like, comment, subscribe, and share our content to help us reach the widest possible audience. We are a small organization with limited resources, and we need workers' support if we are to grow and fulfill our mission. If you are able to make a one-off or regular donation, no matter how small, please visit our website at thecommunists.org and register as a supporter.